Latin America's descent into interventionism continues. The latest estimates from consensus for the main Latin American economies show a continent facing a lost decade. Considering that the region was already recovering at a slower pace than other emerging economies, the outlook is exceedingly worrying. The poor growth and high inflation expectations are even worse when we consider that consensus estimates still consider a tailwind for Latin America coming from rising commodity prices and more exports due to China growth. How can a region with such high potential as Latin America be condemned to stagflation? The answer is simple. The rise of populist governments in Colombia, Chile, Brazil have increased the concerns about investor security, property rights and monetary discipline. Think about this. Argentina, for example, is expected to be flat in terms of growth throughout 2023 to 2025, however, with 80 to 90% inflation and a debt to GDP of 70% or more. Years of monetary and fiscal excess have destroyed the purchasing power of the local currency, the peso, and dilapidated the prospect of real growth. In Argentina, poverty has escalated to almost 40% of the population. And the government policies doubled down on interventionism, price controls, and higher taxes, with the expected negative result. Despite the tailwind of high demand for soja and cereals globally, Argentina dives deeper into Venezuela territory. In Venezuela, the consensus expects more destruction of the purchasing power of the currency and a continuously weak economy. The problem? The new governments in Chile and Colombia are announcing policies that resemble those of the Peronists left in Argentina. And the Fernandez government in Argentina is looking more like Venezuela's. Chile is expected to post no growth in a few years. And 15% inflation. Colombia, which showed strong recovery from the COVID-19 crisis, is also expected to have very little growth with elevated inflation. In Brazil, consensus expects, yet again, almost no growth with high inflation until 2025. It does not look as bad as Argentina, but the first major announcement of the newly elected president, Lula, has already triggered all alarm bells. Lula stated that he wanted to change the constitution to lift the spending limit and increase government spending even more. The Brazilian currency and the 10-year bond reacted aggressively, but it brings back memories of the disaster created in the previous Rousseff administration. You may say that the rise of populism in Latin America is the consequence of failed classic liberal policies implemented before, but that would be a grave mistake. Most of these countries have not seen open and liberal economies with, but crony states. Statism failed, and more statism fails even faster. Global investors see the enormous potential of Latin America. However, when governments start to impose interventionist policies, they put at risk property rights with expropriation threats. 
and at the same time massively increase monetary imbalances, the combination is destructive. Why do citizens vote for politicians that implement confiscatory and extractive policies? In many economic debates in Latin America, media tends to say that the word redistribution is the most important. Many believe that wealth is like a piece of cake that can be cut and distributed at will, but ignore that wealth is either created or destroyed, doesn't stay flat. Interventionist policies destroy wealth in three ways. First, attacking independent institutions and introducing introducing political random decisions in legal and investor security, which erodes growth potential, investment and employment. Second, by increasing taxes on the productive sector to pay for massive subsidies paid in a constantly depreciated currency, which creates a double negative of lower growth, weaker local businesses and a dependent subclass that rarely emerges. The productive sector ends forced to operate in the underground economy to avoid confiscatory taxes. Third, interventionism destroys the purchasing power of the local currency by breaking all the rules of prudent prudent monetary policy and financing an ever-increasing government size, printing a constantly devalued currency. The combination of these three factors means poverty and stagnation. Why do interventionist governments do this when they know, and they do, it doesn't work? You see, monetary destruction is the easiest and most effective way of nationalizing an economy. Printing currency is a form of expropriation of wealth, as money creation is never neutral and benefits the government, hurting real wages and savers. So why would populist governments impose policies that perpetuate poverty and hurt the people? Interventionism doesn't aim to increase prosperity, but to take full control of a nation. The three mentioned policies are aimed at grasping full control of a country and make the population dependent, not deliver growth and improve social conditions. Extractive and confiscatory policies are not social measures. They are profoundly antisocial. The worst is that once implemented, it becomes difficult to unwind. We should learn the lesson everywhere because it's coming to a country near you soon.